0: is our business it's like
3: nothing we've dealt with before my golly jim i'm beginning to think i can cure a rainy day i can't change the laws of physics now in standard orbit sir Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I am Ken Tripp. I am Zach Moore. And
2: I'm Haley Stoddart. And hey, we've got some breaking news, everybody. We've got a new Spock. That's right, a new Spock. Yet again. There's also some snags uh, in negotiations for Star Trek IV, which really kind of stinks. I mean, we've got a script, we've got a director, we've got supporting cast, maybe. But unfortunately, no Chris Pine. Oh, what a gorgeous man. And no Daddy Hemsworth, although Thor, really, in the next movie? I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, so no Kirks at all. In Star Trek Four, this is a problem because we have, been, you know, we've been hearing about how Chris Hemsworth is going to come back to Star Trek and Star Trek Four. J.J. Abrams himself announced that at the premiere of Star Trek Beyond, uh, which at the time, even at the time, we thought, hey, that's a little presumptuous at this time because literally Beyond had just come out, and they're always talking about Star Trek Four and how this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And as fans of this franchise, we know how long and hard and arduous a task it is to get these movies out, you know, and, I, you know, I was very excited at the time because Chris Hemsworth, when he was in Star Trek 09, he was nobody, right, he, this is pre-Thor, so he he didn't have a long hair and a beard at this point, no one knew who he was, yeah? and he he came onto the scene with Thor, I don't I think he's great as Thor, I love him as Thor, and, it, you know, I think that might have been a tactic to kind of hey, Thor's popular, everybody loves Marvel, let's get him back into Star Trek, we'll get the audience there, we'll capture that demographic. You know, maybe, maybe not, who knows. But a solid actor, and you can see why, you can see why they want to bring him back, because obviously his death wasn't supposed to happen, you leave the timeline altered and unaltered, lots of potential there, I think, for story. Kirk had, you know, his whole life had been built around the fact his father wasn't there, this iteration of Kirk. So, lots of story possibilities, right? At the same time, Let's think about this. You look you look at you look at Chris do we need Chris Hensworth, right? Because here, here's the deal. Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth have both walked away from the negotiating table for Star Trek four. So that's where we that's where we stand right now. Um we'll get to Chris Pine in a minute. But let's let's focus on Hemsworth, because obviously he's the he's the one you can say, all right, we don't need him, right? We can rewrite the script, make a new story, recast George Kirk. He's he was only in the movie for like ten minutes. Most people don't even know <laughs> that Chris Hemsworth was in Star Trek 09. I would say you can lose him, but you know, even, even, even so, talking about it being a business decision, look at his filmography outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Thor, not that big of a blockbuster. You have you get in the Heart of the Sea, which is based off the true story behind Moby Dick, didn't light the box office numbers on fire. He was in that movie Black Hat, where he's like a hacker. You know, didn't really blow up the box office. Uh, he was in Ghostbusters 2016. That movie wasn't too popular for lots of reasons, but we're not going to go there. But <laughs> he was in that movie. People love Chris Hemsworth as Thor. They don't necessarily love Chris Hemsworth. These people aren't going into the movies to go see a Chris Hemsworth movie. So that might have been a miscalculation on Star Trek's part to bring him back in to get butts and seats, and maybe this will work out in their favor, because if he's off the table, they can surely pay Chris Pine and surely afford to make a great movie. So that's my take on it. I don't think George Kirk is a deal-breaker. It would be an interesting story to pick up on, but... I say, if I'm Paramount, just let Chris Hemsworth walk away, pay Chris Pine, get this crew assembled, and move on to Star Trek IV. What say you, guys?
3: It's all about leverage, Zach. It's all about leverage. So, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, what a coincidence, have the same agent. You know, they've become A-listers. Zoe Zaldana, arguably, might be a bigger star than both of them, just with her track record in movies. Or maybe she just plays a lot of um, secondary characters in a lot of movies, but I I think she's up there and she's, you know, they, they pretty much have, they said, the supporting cast locked down. But to me, it's just all about leverage. Now, being a TOS movie fan from back long before when you were very young or didn't even exist, they would have these same things happen all the time. And it was a game between Shatner and Nimoy, right? Now, everybody talks about the character and so forth of you know, he was a great guy and Shatner was tough or this or that, or he loved whatever. Every other movie, because they had contracts that had that pay or pay clause, right? They had to have the same deals. Well, one would always play hardball and then the other would benefit. So to me, it's, it's a couple of things here. It's just a business. Um, it's part of negotiations. It happens all the time. I think the bigger issue for Paramount is it doesn't have a lot of big movie franchises left that are extremely successful. It just doesn't, right? Transformers has really gone down. Mission Impossible has found its footing again, but these aren't the you know, half a billion dollar to a billion dollar franchises you're seeing amongst Disney and Fox and you know Universal with Fast and Furious and and all the other, uh, all the other movies, uh, franchises. But so, so, so Paramount needs, um, they need some wins, but you have to make sure that with Star Trek that it's kept in a box, right? They're going to make 300 to $500 million around the world. Best scenario, best scenario. So you can't make a 200 or $250 million movie. You can't, it won't work. So, uh, a lot of the stuff being tied up now with actor negotiations, you know, it's a shame because people are always going to go after making the most money that they can, which is the American way. It's normal, um, but and this this really kind of highlights it's not about the fans. It's not. It's about making sure that everybody gets their share and what they're worth today. And for movie stars, they you know Hemsworth is no dope. I'm sure Pine is no dope. They've only got a short amount of window to cash in right? Look at all the big stars of yesteryear, you know, the George Clooney's, the Julia Roberts, they all had their day, but it's fleeting. So they're, they're trying to make their money. I agree with you, Zach. I think the best possible course is to jettison the whole daddy thing in the first place, maybe, unless it's just that rock solid of a story and just and just sign Chris Pine. But you know, there's, it's just business. Um, hopefully in the long run, um, you know, they'll they'll settle, they'll they'll split profits. There's a thousand ways to make this work. And negotiations are never fun. And there's been no comment from their agent. There's been no comment from the studio. Right now it's just it's just hearsay, which is what the agents do. They plant these stories to get the studio to get moving. And it's it's all a game. So hopefully they'll figure it out because they need to. And hopefully they'll come up with a price that works so that the the franchise can get its return on investment and continue to make more movies because, you know, unfortunately beyond, even though it was an awesome movie and it made fair amount of money, it just cost a ton of money. And so its rate of return was minimal and that's what hurts it. And uh, they went, they just got carried away on the effects. I don't know, Haley, what do you think?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, when they said that there was going to be the time travel, and we were going to see Kirk's dad again in some capacity, I was just kind of like, okay, you know, we've had a lot of episodes that deal with time travel and and whatnot. 09 was a bit of a time travel movie. And I'm kind of like, I'm okay with it not having that aspect to the storyline. So I agree. I don't think we necessarily need to have both of them in the film Unless the story is well enough in advance that they want to start filming into next year. So if it's far enough in advance, I mean, I know last year there was the whole, I mean, there was a whole kerfuffle with Beyond where they were scrambling to rewrite the story so that they could start filming to get it out. And where we all really want the next film, I mean, we're like, yes, please give us our next film. I don't want to see any more delays just because we all do want that next film. So if the story is, if it's imperative to have them both in the film, then Paramount needs to figure out what they need to do. I mean, they've already, Chris Pine had already agreed and they'd already agreed to the amount they were going to give him for the next one. So they just need to figure out where else in the budget, I think that they can cut some stuff so that they can agree to whatever terms that they've already agreed to just so that, we're not seeing a delay where, you know, we're not going to get the next film till like 2021 or who knows when, because by golly, we want Star Trek four. Dang it. <laughs> it needs to get figured out. Cause I, I don't want any more delays if we want to start filming next year.
3: Yeah. It's, it's tough with an ensemble cast. It really is. Uh, yeah. To,
2: well, to pull it talk, all
0: together. You
2: know? you know, there's talk about recasting if, if they can't get Chris Pine on and,
0: that's a terrible idea. That is a terrible idea. You cannot recast Captain Kirk again. We can talk about that when we talk about Spock. We'll, we'll reserve that for now. But uh, you, can, you can't recast Captain Kirk again. I mean, that's that's crazy talk, all right? So what you need to do is you need to, I, I mean, this is what, and we can we can kind of segue into this. If might had any ideas about Star Trek Four without Kirk or Kirk, <laughs> uh, you know, write Captain Kirk out of it. And you're like, that's crazy talk. That can't be done. Captain Kirk is Star Trek, right? I had an idea. You should dust off these scripts from like the '70s they were writing before Star Trek motion picture, and there. So, so one particular script, in particular, Star Trek: Planet of the Titans, right? Oh boy! Uh, this this was a script. This was a script. <laughs> Kid knows what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> so this script came out in the you know it was it was pre-motion picture, right? It, it was in the pre-Phase Two era, pre-Star Wars, right? And this was a script that they were they were conceiving at the time, and they were having problems with William Shatner. William Shatner had not um, signed on at the time, so they wrote a script without him. The first draft of this, so because negotiations were not going well, so they said, you know what, we're just gonna write William Shatner out of the script, and we're gonna focus on Spock, and we're gonna focus on like a Klingon captain, and actually, uh, so there are very there are many iterations of Planet of the Titans. If if you guys uh, just go Google it. You know, and, and one day we'll, you know, we'll do a show on this or something. But uh, these lost Star Trek movies, uh, they came uh, pre, pre-motion pre picture. But Alan Scott and Chris Bryant, and they, they wrote the script. And, and then for the Shatner List draft uh, was by Philip Kaufman. Now, Philip Kaufman ha- has been uh, a writer on lots of films, most notably maybe The Right Stuff. He's also on Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He was the director of the 1978 version with starring Leonard Nimoy. And Donald Sutherland. Uh, He was also a contributing writer on Raiders of the Lost Ark. So this guy has some legit Hollywood uh, uh, cred. And this was his his quote. I'm quoting an article from Warped Factor from 2014. I was writing about this. This is Philip Kaufman's quote about his Kirkless Star Trek movie. My version was really built around Leonard Nimoy and Spock and Toshiro Mifune as his Klingon nemesis. My idea was to make it less, quote, cultish and more of an adult movie, dealing with sexuality and wonders rather than oddness. A big science fiction movie filled with all kinds of questions, particularly about the nature of Spock's duality, exploring his humanity and what humanness was. To have Spock and Mifune's character tripping out in outer space, I'm sure that fans would have been upset, but I felt it could really open up a new type of science fiction. Now, that sounds very interesting. By the way, Toshiro Mifune was a famous uh, Japanese actor, and I believe uh, George Lucas wanted him to play Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, but he turned it down. But anyway, that, I'm just telling you, just point that out that there was a legit, you know, idea, conception, scripts, story ideas that Starship was going to move forward without Captain Kirk at the time, William Shatner. So it can be done. I'm not saying make this script or whatever, but because it sounded <laughs> talk about time travel. Basically, the Enterprise crew goes back in time and becomes. The aliens who, you know, Ancient Aliens TV show, Cherish of the Gods, that whole thing, that basically becomes the Enterprise crew who goes back in time and, like, brings fire to the early man and defeats, like, an evil lizard alien presence. So very 70s, I know. But, hey, it was the 70s, right? So, I, I you know, that that's the first thing that came to mind when I heard Captain Kirk's gone. I'm like, well, it, it's almost happened before. Let's see what we got and maybe go with that. Uh, I'm not saying that they should go take the script, but I'm saying that it's been done in concept before they could sit down and do it again find another excuse that Kirk's gone. I don't know. And but don't here's the key though. If Kirk's not going to be in it, don't tease that he's going to come back. Don't don't make this like the search for Captain Kirk and then in the movie they still don't find Captain Kirk cuz how disappointing is that? Right? There was an – you know, I got to bring in Smallville cuz that's my podcast, right? My other podcast. Season 8 of Smallville. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum who played Lex Luthor for the first 7 years. He left the show, right? Left the show. God bless him, he came back for the series finale of season 10. So Michael Rose's mom's okay in my book, right? But his contract was up. He went to go do other things. But, like, the first, like, three-fourths of season eight of Smallville was, well, we're going to look for Lex Luthor. And they used, like, body doubles and, 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 and story devices and all this stuff. And eventually it was like... They had to get down to, like, well, where is he? Is he dead? Is he not? So they used a body double of, like, him, like, in this medical gear because he had been scarred by an accident, and they had, like, a voice guy. He's, like, but people call him Darth Lex on, you know, the Smallville fans because it's not really Lex. And then they blow him up and they kill him, and that's the, that was going to be the resolution of that character. So what I'm trying to say is, and everyone hated it, and thank God Mike Rosen came back and fixed it, but if you're not going to have Kirk in it, don't have him in it at all. Don't even tease that he's going to be in it at all. Just ride him off and move on full speed ahead. Spock's the captain. Uh, introduce a new character. You know, you have to introduce a new Helms person already. Uh, like Jayla, right? She can. She can uh, replace Chekhov. Haley's got an idea who's new character can be. So I'll pass it off to you, Haley. But I think that's if you can't have these Kirks, that's the way to go. What What What's your thoughts on that, Haley? Uh,
2: I know that uh, she kind of you know got along with Scotty and everything. But what about Jayla is the captain? Boom. <laughs> I'm done. I, I see.
0: I see why you say that. I I, I see why you say that. But that would be just as bad as Kirk being the captain in Star Trek: Nine, which I have a huge problem with because you went from academy to captain in like because you did something awesome. I get
2: know? it. I get it. But I don't think I don't I don't see her as the helmsman. I do want her in the next one. I think that would be great. But but I agree with you. I think that if if we don't have Chris Pine as Kirk, if he's not signed on figure out another way to make the story work without him.
3: Well, first and foremost, we have to look into Standard Orbit doing a live show on YouTube. because. Oh boy. Well, we have to. I mean, Zach, just <laughs> watching your performance, you were Captain Kirk. You were William Shatner. <laughs> I can be
0: Captain Kirk. You're- me you- is Captain Kirk.
3: <laughs> I-, I mean, the motions you were making with your arms and everything to make that point. I mean, to me, it was like a work of art. I'm looking, I was like, geez, why don't they just cast you, for Christ's sakes? I mean, wow, I was impressed.
0: Did I sell you on the idea?
3: You did. You did. You- and you've got the speech pattern down. It was perfect. It was just perfect. Anyway, I, I love well, it. You. It was a great speech. I think you're you're right about everything you just said. I am just not ready to go there yet. I I, I wouldn't as, as a fan, I, I wouldn't give up on on Trek four. Don't don't let these 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 age old business negotiation tactics um, scare you away. I think they may have to jettison Hemsworth, right? And Sophia Batella herself has become quite the um, sought after actress lately too. She's been in a few movies. Now it is kind of strange that. Hemsworth outside of Thor hasn't done anything all that successful. Same thing with Pine outside of Wonder Woman. He never really has had, you know, maybe what was the one with Denzel Washington in the train? Uh, uh, Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah. That I think that did okay. But
0: well that that's because of Denzel Washington, not Chris Pine. So. <laughs>
3: well that's yeah. what I'm just saying. You know he, the movies he's been in, and and he they he tried to to bring back Tom Clancy novels and Jack Ryan and all that stuff,
2: right? Mm, and, oh yeah.
3: and that 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 crashed and bombed, you know, and burned on the runway. So he's kind of struggled with, um, you know, having having movies where he's he's the star or co-star for that for that matter. I mean, obviously Wonder Woman. I mean Gal Gadot. It was a great movie, and he did a great job in that movie. I thought. We really saw some, some great acting chops for Steve Trevor, uh, you know, his character, Steve Trevor, and all that stuff. He did a great job. I don't want to take anything by him, but that's it. The same with Hemsworth and Thor. And two out of the three Thor movies were not that great. And they, did, <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they didn't knock it out of the park either, right?
0: It was right. Lot- Thor is probably the, other than the Incredible Hulk, which they jettisoned that franchise yeah. from the start due to recasting. Like Thor is the weakest franchise of all the Marvel franchises. Uh, it is. To your point, though, about Steve Trevor, you know, he di- spoilers, he dies in Wonder Woman. Yeah, right? but he comes back um, in the next he, one. So he, Yeah, and that's very, as, as a DC fan, Right, I'm very confused. I'm like, and and like, why are you bringing him back in the '80s? And he looks exactly the same. Is he a clone? Is he a robot? Is he a vision? Hey, like, they, I, I don't know. what they, that did is, it the right, but... they did it in the TV show.
3: He did it in the TV show,
0: but it it's from... like he's gonna be like his grandson or something. Yeah, it was his Still son. Boy. Yeah,
3: I just went from World War II uh... Steve Trevor to modern day whatever thing.
0: But it, it... right, I mean, and they, and they do that in the comic books. They did the same thing with Captain America and Peggy Carter and Agent Carter and all that. But but bottom to get to our point here. Chris, uh, Chris Pine should not, you know, hitch his wagon to the Wonder Woman franchise because the, he's not, he's not going to long be, you know, and that's, even DC's really chaotic. Like if he was smart, he would just Star Trek's his thing, put your nose down, put on the uniform and stay on the
3: uniform. Well, see, that's the thing. He knows it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's his franchise. He is the A-lister. Okay. Him and Carl Urban's always Aldana. Those are the big three names. The other folks, you know, they they have their bits and bobs. And and Simon Pegg is is bigger than that outside of the camera, right? He
0: writes, he directs, he does all that stuff, and he's
3: done some great movies for you know. Uh, uh, he and he uh,
0: he's he's carved out a great niche for himself in the Mission Impossible franchise. Yeah, he's well. he's there. But I'm just I guess
3: where I'm going is it's his chance to make, you know, put his thumbprint on something. It is his, it's yeah. his show, you know, it's his movie franchise now, and. You know, I'm sure the same thing, you know, the movies we don't care about, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, geez, did, um, uh, who's the actor in Fast and Furious? Uh, the, Vin Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel. This is a great example, right? Here's somebody who can barely speak, can't act. I'm sure, I'm sure that he renegotiated as, you know, that started to make more money. The problem was, what, what Chris Pine doesn't have, each each next movie made that much more money. You know, same thing with Robert Downey Jr. When Iron Man got popular. You know, the money just kept going up, 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 and up. It's it's normal. Don't worry about it, he yeah. in it. And if he's not in it by some case, then for God's sakes, listen to Zach. And if we can, if we can get this video off of Zoom, we ha- we should play it. That was a thing of beauty, that was a thing of beauty. Of course, you know, Haley tried to come in pretty strong with her big boom and <laughs> trying to be the captain there it was good it was a nice boom it was very dramatic
0: thank yes. you yes i see you're captain j but i raise you captain sulu now that i could buy uh, right yeah yeah john show is especially you
2: know when when we got the whole into darkness and him and you don't want to mess with me oh my gosh that line in that film i loved it because he was so serious, and you're like, oh, crap, yeah, don't mess with
0: Sulu. And that seemed to be a setup for, hey, guys, we know he's going to be captain one day on the Excelsior, you know? So, I mean, I, I'm always talking about the Captain Sulu Excelsior show. Let's find Captain Sulu on the Enterprise in this timeline. I don't know. Because Spock really, as he's even said, you know, in the prime timeline, you know, he, he has no ego or, you know, call to command, you know? I mean, that's yeah. why he's he's a captain but he's a science officer and the rest of his life or training cadets right uh, d- commanding a starship is not his first best destiny but it could be sulu's so you know i and again you're right ken this is all hypothetical but um, you know it just hey, this is what we do as fans we speculate now we get these crazy curveballs coming at us like i remember that i remember one of the first stories about star trek 4 other than chris simsworth is gonna come back guys it was that pine and quinto had signed on for star trek 4 it's like, oh okay, good. At least we got these two, and Kirk and Spock, and the rest will fall in line, right? I mean, that's just how it happens. That's how it works with the original series characters. So, uh and then yeah, Paramount reneging on what they had promised him, that's not that's bad business people. You know, like they, they need to pay this man. If, so, just pay if him. that's
3: true. If that's no? Yeah. Again, it, it's
0: we, we got agents floating out stories, stirring up public opinion. Absolutely, that's what so they who do. Knows, right? Who knows? Look
3: what it did. Look, Zach. Look at that soliloquy you had. You know, look at that. <laughs> I mean, that that was all that agent. He did all that. Look, look at Haley thinking out of the box and bringing Jayla in to be the captain. Boom, right? I mean, come on. The agents did their job. They made us. They gave us a very interesting topic to to speak about. I'm just I'm just pretty optimistic. But what I will say is where I really disagree. Um, not with what you're saying but with if there is no chris pine there will be no more star trek movies okay for the for this cast if i was them i'd like scrap it and let's reboot the next generation and just go from there because
0: tom hardy is captain picard
3: whatever you need to do right because it it won't work any of the other characters it won't have the star power uh the star trek fans aren't going to want to see it to that level um they didn't show up for beyond the way they should and the kelvin timeline already struggles with some some core fans who just you know are what they are and they just they just, they just don't play so
2: that's another topic banana on that one
3: <laughs> oh great forgot about the safety work oh, we're gonna keep word? that going that's- Okay.
2: All right. right. Well, you know, so I'm going to pull in another topic here, guys. Let's go. Because the Nimoy family actually sent out the tweet first. But we have a new casting of Mr. Spock for Discovery Season 2. And go.
1: They
3: lied. They lied. They said Spock was on leave. They were not going to cast it. And they recast it. So they, they fibbed. Or they, they exaggerate.
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> oh, that's why I love podcasting with y'all guys. But An o- a lie? An omission? <laughs> a choice. A choice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, who is this mystery man who they have cast as? Who, who is this non liner Nimoy, non Zachary Quinto Spock we speak of? Ethan Peck, who is the that's grandson. Right. Of Gregory Peck. I didn't even know Gregory Peck had family members who were still acting, right? Because Gregory Peck, one of the most iconic actors in Hollywood history, uh, most famous playing Atticus Finch in the film adaptation of The Killing Mockingbird, also very famous for playing Captain Ahab in the Moby Dick, I, don't, I mean, the 60s, I think it came out? I mean, I saw it. It's like one of those classic- The original you know, one. Yeah. Yeah, the, the original, the, the big mainstream when people think of the movie Moby Dick is what I think of. And then went on to co-star with Patrick Stewart in the Mayford TV movie- because Patrick Stewart was all about these Maverick TV movies in the 90s. Christmas Carol, Moby Dick, uh, Mysterious Island. Like, I don't, I don't, between Star Trek and X-Men, he was, you know, picking that up Christmas
2: some Carol checks one. on the favorite. side.
0: Yeah, Sorry. oh I, loved, I love it. Sorry, I love Trek. it, yeah. I,
3: I, like how, I like how you pulled the Patrick Stewart, you know, and, and, of course, Gregory Peck had that little cameo in there. But, <laughs> come on. Patrick Stewart, I love him to death he is not in the same league as a Gregory Peck. I mean, this guy was an A-list movie star for decades. He's huge. Yeah. Um, just in my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies, uh, 12 O'Clock High, just phenomenal. I-, I love Gregory Peck, The Omen, you name it, Cape Fear. The Uri- this guy, um, phenomenal, phenomenal actor. And uh, I don't know why we went down this path, but I guess it's just to say, I really don't know much about his grandson at all. I don't know
0: who he is. I've not seen him in anything. Is anybody know?
2: No, so I, you know, I was looking at uh his IMDB. He's done, you know, a lot of different TV series. He's done some uh short films, he's done quite a few, you know, of the made-for-tv movies and things like that. He's actually done some voice work. So for those video game player listeners of ours, uh he did some voice work for Halo 4. I'm not a video game player, but I do know that one. Um, he also did uh, some voice work for a Final Fantasy 13, looks like.
0: Well, the, the things that stuck out to me on his list was he was in The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which was a Nicolas Cage movie <laughs> from yeah. the 2000s. It was kind of fun. So uh, <laughs> post-90s Nicolas Cage will do anything. But anyway, yeah, so he was in that. He was also in In Time, which was a kind of high-concept, kind of Logan's run uh, style sci fi movie with uh, Justin Timberlake. Like, everybody, everybody has this like clock on their arm when their time runs out, they have to go uh, die. Basically, report to the extermination booths or something. So, um, but again, I haven't seen any of this stuff or played any of those games. So, I have no idea what to expect.
2: Well, you know, you and I kind of talked about this, and I had already kind of mentioned that I didn't necessarily care if we got a recasting of Spock, that I didn't need to see Spock. Um I know that the storyline is that this is a younger Spock. I, I'm okay with it if it's not a major Spock overload. If that makes sense. If if it's not like tons of Spock scenes here and there like little bits. Okay. You know, okay. I mean, obviously he's like I said, uh Leonard Nimoy and his family has said that they're on board with this, so they tweeted out a picture, he's in the picture with them. so... Obviously they're on board with it, so if, if they're okay with it, I guess, and they maybe potentially know more about the storyline and how Spock is gonna be involved in Discovery Season 2, if they're okay with that direction that they're taking, the character, then... Okay, I'll... I'll... I'll be okay with it, and we'll just have to see where it goes.
0: I feel like you're trying to be very diplomatic, Haley. I and I respect that, but how do you really (laughs) feel? It's okay. We're all among... No one's going to hear this except for the three of us, so just tell us
2: how you really feel. (laughs) That's great. I really am okay with it. Like, it's... I wasn't super happy about it. Like I said, you know, we talked about that before, but really, I mean... (laughs) I'm not major discovery lover, so I'm just, I'm on board with it. I'm, I'm more on board with it because I'm excited for Captain Pike. So that's yeah. where my focus. Will be. If Spock's in it sure here enough. and there, I get more Pike. That's what I want.
0: All right. What about you, Cam? Where do you stand on this recasting of Spock?
3: Oh, well, you know, it's, it's nothing that uh, I lose sleep over. I, I kind of wish they just didn't go in this direction, period. Um, I wanted to see Discovery stand on its own and it did for two thirds of its season. And then it 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 really just didn't do it for me at the end. I mean it was I, I still like the series holistically, but you know, then it was like, oh, there's the enterprise, and I was thrilled to see it. But then the more I thought about it, it is, well, I guess it does a couple of things. It it opens the door to um, break all the con the connections that we have with um the kelvin timeline because they're not going to recast it with the same actors they could potentially but they didn't um i really think zachary quinto is and owns the spock character now so to have another one doesn't make me happy uh you know i mean for goodness sakes he's doing in search of right yeah. <laughs> i think that's. i think that's brilliant when i heard that zachary quinto was now going to be hosting in search i was like that is awesome. And the, you know, the last thing
0: he has to do he, is the ballad of Bilbo Baggins, and he would have completed the Nimoy. If trajectory. he could do that
3: video, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah. In and in the re remake of the Body Snatchers, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, yeah, something. But it, but to me, that's it. It just it it didn't. I wasn't smiling. I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't mad either. I mean, you know, just kind like, of meh yeah because you know, I mean, obviously, we've got other things to focus on in life than who's playing Spock and stuff. But to me, it was like, ah, uh, it breaks that connectivity where I was hoping to see more connectivity. They said he wasn't going to be on it, then he wounds up being on it and and maybe he'll he'll be great. It's always you know it's always funny because um before you actually see it in action, we we make all these proclamations, but I guess just from me personally. I just wish I really do wish that Discovery just went and and found its own footing. Um, I like having some nods and some winks and some connectivity to, to the canon, so to speak. You know, so that things come together. I just don't know if it needed to be direct or not to this level. To me, it's interesting, but um, no, I, I wish they had uh, somehow, some way, convinced Zachary Quinto to to come back and reprise that role so that we could see him on both sides, um, two different timelines. I would have thought that would have been the best way to do it, in my opinion. And um, them going in this direction, I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, another Spock. Uh, you know, Well, I mean, it's another speaker at a Star Trek convention, I guess, but we'll see how it goes.
0: <laughs> another speaker at a Star Trek convention. That is brilliant. <laughs> well, I thought long and hard about this, and I'm finally, I finally crystallized my thoughts on this kind of thing, because I know we've talked about... I'll, you know, a lot of recent episodes, like, oh, they should have recast the Kelvin Timeline people as these people. I'm like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have. You know what? No, I 100% now think they should have. Like you were saying, it's the synergy of the whole thing. Like, like Leonard Nimoy, like, literally passed the torch on screen to Zachary Quinto as Spock. And it's like, okay, that's good and all, and you can have your movies over there, but here's the new Spock for TV. It's like, oh, what, what, really? Like, and, and, and forgive me, I'm going to have to bring up Smallville again. I'm sorry, but this is a perfect illustration this uh christopher reeve which was like the iconic superman right he was on smallville in a few episodes and he was on the show with tom welling playing superman clark kent on smallville and he basically again like much like quinto spock and nimoy spock they they had scenes together and they passed the torch together and while smallville was on the air they go and they make superman returns and they cast Brandon Routh as Superman, and it's like, whoa, who's this guy now? Like, like, and he's carrying on the legacy of Christopher Reeve. It's like, well, no, because Christopher Reeve was like on screen with Tom Welling, and now Brandon Routh is Superman. And Brandon Routh is fine; he did a good job as Superman. He was he was not the problem with Superman Returns. That movie has many problems. And he's gone on to do other things, and now he's on now he's back playing a superhero, the Atom, on the CW. But um, it just feels weird because you it, it have this nice continuity and. And, and we saw them on screen and off screen together. You know, Ken, we talked about the commercials a while back, you know, and we had that great uh, that. The, the, oh, the commercials yeah. they did together. And, like, you could tell there was a real friendship and a bond there. And, 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 and again, hey, that's great that the Nimoy family approves this casting, right? I mean, that's, that's fine. I'm not undercutting that whatsoever. I'm just saying as a fan, like, it was a big deal to recast these characters because they've been playing, these actors play these characters for 25-plus years. These characters were invented for television. They want one actor play them. And that was a big hurdle to get over to recast them. And we got over it because we love Star Trek 09. And, we, and, you know, we liked a lot what they did with the Kelvin timeline. And I think the cast did great with all the new casts. But then, it, while concurrently, while we're while that's going on to to recast more characters, again, it's just very unsettling. Like, Viseric, it's like, okay, a supporting character. Like, I can... All right, Ben Cross is a movie guy. Maybe could have got him, maybe not. I understand fine. Even with Pike, I'm like, well, Bruce Greenwood, maybe he's a little old. You know, again, a more supporting character role as Pike. So not that big a deal if he's like in one. But now, now as more has come out about season two, the Enterprise is in it big time. Pike is now going to be the captain of the Discovery. <laughs> so he's become more than just a what do you supporting mean he's going to be the captain of the Discovery? For a few episodes at least. He's taking command. Have you not seen the trailer for Discovery season two? Some fan you are, Ken, I swear.
3: I'm sorry? Am I, am, I, am I co-hosting the edge and didn't nobody tell me? What the hell?
0: <laughs> very good, very good, Ken. Um, but no, Pike is taking command of the Discovery for at least half the season. He's in at least a few episodes. Who knows? So he's a major role. And then they're bringing in Spock, and you're like, "All right, guys, you've gone full pre-OS with this show. All right, this is like, and like you were saying, it should have just done its own thing. Like, like hints to TOS, but not like here, here's Spock." And here's the Enterprise, and here's Captain Pike. I know Chris Jones said this himself, our fearless leader, on the Ready Room um, in this last episode with the Larry Nimmer check. It feels like with this Star Trek Discovery season two trailer, they said, "Hey guys, we know you don't like season one of Discovery, so forget all that. Here's the Enterprise, here's Captain Pike, here's Spock, and we're, re- we're revamping the Klingons. It's gonna here's it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun. You know, it's totally different than the first season. And even though that wasn't their intention, it kind of feels that way because it's like, whoa, guys, this is this is some weird mashup of of TOS and Discovery, and that's that's my deal. Like I, I I wish it would have Discovery would have kind of stood on its own more than relied on TOS stuff. Because even as draconian and ridiculous as you think Gene Roddenberry was with like the first two or three seasons of TNG, we're like we can't say Spock, we can't mention this, we can't mention that. It forced them to define their own identity, which by the time a Best of Both Worlds came around, they had broken that mold, found their own identity, so they could bring in Spock and bring in Scotty and do these things and not feel like. Oh, they're just using this other show as a crutch. So basically, I said a lot there. That's my take.
2: So yeah, it's it's almost that like what you were saying, Zach, that they want to do the fan service because they feel like they missed out a lot of demographics. The gist of it, the overall gist of it, it's too much fan service.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's what they think they're doing. I can see that. It's a tough place to be, I get it, but I just felt like they had They had limitless opportunities of things to do with discovery, and they're like basically taking characters from TOS now. And who know? I mean, I just and Haley, what you said about Spock is great. Like if he was just in a couple things here or there, but to make a big announcement like this and to like talk it up so much, it you can't. It's a kind of it's a no win scenario, right? Because they've talked it up so much now where it's like, if he's not in a lot, you feel disappointed. Like, well, why was that Why was that big hoopla all about if he's just going to be in, like, one episode once, right? But then on the other side, if it's like, oh, he's... Spock is now a main character, and he's hanging out with his sister on every episode of Star Trek Discovery. So they're just infringing a lot on TOS stuff where I just don't think it was necessary.
3: Well, yeah, you know, it it could wind up being that it all becomes part of this podcast, because the more they pull in TOS, hey, the more we're involved. Uh, that's one thing. But I... I um. I, I like I said, it's it's going to be interesting. There are times where like Star Trek 4, the original Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, is a great example. When I first after Star Trek Three, and they came out, oh, it's a time travel and this and it's that, I was like, uh oh, really, you know? And then the movie turned out to be just phenomenal. It was a great movie. Everybody enjoyed it. It became the most popular thing. So it is funny because we just don't know exactly where they're going to take this thing. We don't know how big the role is going to be, uh, but there's just that, like I said, I, I be, the more the, the Paramount-CBS merger has gone away and it's pretty much dead, um, the more I can just see CBS is taking more ownership holistically of the franchise. It's cutting the cords with all the Paramount stuff, which I think is a real shame because we like to see it all come back together and, uh, and, and a big one big happy fleet would be nice. So we're, we're not we're not going to get it. And hopefully they'll, you know, hopefully they'll knock it out of the park and they'll surprise us. I mean, you can't, you know, I think of Discovery and it was almost like from the second episode or the second part of the first episode, whatever you say, the second hour of the show through almost all of it captivated me. And then, you know, they, they, they literally just blew it. Um, the last two or three episodes, it just it was just okay. And then the last episode was horrific right up until, you know, the enterprise showed up and then it was at saving grace. I would love for them to just turn on the afterburners and give us something to really cheer for. And, and hopefully they'll do it. I mean, I know I'm going to watch it. I can't wait to see it, but I just wish they had, like I said, kept that connective tissue with, um, with the Kelvin timeline, with Paramount, with that continuity, just for fans' sake, that's all.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it's not, it's funny because it's not so much the recasting of Spock, it's like what the introduction of Spock as a potentially main character on Discovery represents more than anything else. And then somebody like, if Zach Rakuna was there, kind of could have smoothed over those edges. But it's like you're changing all this stuff and you're adding a new actor on top of that, plus all these other things we're talking about. And it's just, I'm just processing my feelings here. This is is like Star Trek therapy, this podcast. Processing.
3: (laughs) processing <laughs> processing illogical illogical i don't
2: know
0: yeah. non sequitur
3: you are an error
2: <laughs> there's definitely a lot and it's it's been a week i mean you know we we were riding on the news from stlv and now we have this and it's kind of like oh so it's it's very roller coaster in the fandom right now i think with oh we're excited Oh, oh, this sucks. Oh, oh, we're excited. Oh, well, maybe not as excited about this as we are about this. And it's, it's difficult. I think if that merger had happened, it would have made things a lot easier in the fandom. It, it I think, it, I, you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's still, you know, it's funny about that, Haley. You make a good point. If it had happened, things would be easier, but it doesn't make them impossible. No. You know, there's, unless there's something that prohibits in their contracts for them. And I don't know why they would do that because, um, like I said, it's synergistic. So if you can get screen time on CBS, that only helps Paramount. And if Paramount can get screen time for their actors, it only helps CBS. So there's there's really no, there's no reason to keep them separated. There's no legal reason to do it other than contractual, but that wouldn't make much sense to me. And the um, the relationship between the two, while it was always a little frosty with MoonVez, you know, amongst amongst creative types, and you you do have, I mean, you think about it. The showrunner for Discovery was the showrunner, quote unquote, for the Kelvin Timeline movie,
1: mm-hmm.
3: right? I mean, yeah. it really is, and and it looks, I mean, they're using kind of the same effects. They're using, you know, the scale of the ships is now a thousand times bigger. I mean, they're. They've they've essentially adapted to a lot of the things that they came came up with in the movie franchise. So there's that connectivity which drives a lot of people crazy, but not me. I don't care. I think it's great. So
0: Yeah. I don't
3: know. I don't know. Well you know, hopefully it'll work out. I wish we had more on Ethan Peck. We don't.
0: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> don't. Yeah. If you
3: want to do a podcast on Gregory Peck, I'm here for you. You know, I love the guy. <laughs> I miss him. He was he was a great, great actor. He really was. I totally
2: agree. Totally agree.
0: And, and we're we're rooting for all these actors to do well. We don't want we don't want to see it bad, right? We we want to see them do well. We want to, we want them to succeed. We're just we're just fans who are setting our ways and trying to process all these new things. Yeah,
2: I, I think the uh, oh gosh, I can only imagine if they're like, Okay, we're recasting Kirk for the Star Trek four movie, and I think it just would be like, oh my gosh, I can picture the the madness right now.
0: <laughs> Kirk, Kirk on Discovery is inevitable. At this point, like, I, I will be shocked if Kirk does not show up at some point. Like, you know, season five finale, you know, that as the Pike retires from the, and, you know, when we get the Kirk meets box scene. They can't help themselves. They cannot help themselves.
3: Yeah. You, you know, I, 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 one of the things I just, you triggered something in my head, Zach, right? Um, I, I, I had mentioned before that the most expensive production for CBS wound up being Discovery. Okay. And it wasn't a critical success at the end, uh, but it, you know it, it puts it put CBS All Access on the map. The more I think about it, is if they can drive the subscription rate back up, this this whole scenario could just be in line to try to keep it going. Because honestly, when you said what tri- what triggered it means, well, season five, Kirk will be there. They got to knock this out of the park. Well, there'll be no season three.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
3: there won't be a two and a half. They've got to do it. It's costing them too much money. It is, and you know, the, the 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 that's why I said if they can do this on their own, they're better with some better writing, and they have a whole new crew, and they've got Captain Picard back, right, and all of this in, in his own show, then it's great. I mean, we are now we we we're swinging the pendulum where. Ironically, you've got two movies technically in one and both in pre-production, and one just about there with now negotiation glitches. You've got a TV show that is pulling in the original series folks into it, not kind of the way we'd hope. And then you've got um, Patrick Stewart back on TV, um, you know, ready to do Captain Picard, which is going to give us what a lot of the fans were clamoring for for Discovery, which was just just take place after Voyager, right? Just just pick it up and go mm-hmm. instead of going backwards, which would have been a safer and and a much more, it would have been a lot less complicated because they would have been defining their own history. So these are fascinating times, but for me right now, I can, I can see and, and see a little bit more clearly what they're trying to do. They've got to get the subscription rates up. They've got to get the viewership up and hopefully this will do it. And um, I'm sure that's why they were at San Diego Comic-Con I'm sure that's why they're at STLV, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more promotions uh, coming out shortly. And then I'll catch the trailer.
0: Then I'll catch the trailer. Hey, you know. (laughs) I'll send you a link, Ken.
3: (laughs) You send me a link, and then I can, you know, uh, do another guest uh, guest star appearance on the Edge, which, you know,
0: only helps them in their ratings, you know, so it all works out. Well, bottom line, this gives us stuff to talk about, which is exciting. Uh, as you said, Ken, our, our show on the edge is becoming more and more similar (laughs) because they just, Hey, they keep stealing from our toy box. So we get to talk about it. I mean, those are the rules. Look, look at our contracts. Okay. They're using TOS ships and TOS characters. We get to talk about discovery when they use our stuff. And if that doesn't happen, then I'm walking away from the negotiating table. So there you have it.
3: There you go. There you go. All right. Well, I'd like to, but I, I enjoy working with Haley. So I'm not going to do it.
0: (laughs) All right, well, Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek 4 aren't the only things we're talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what else you might have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, the 602 Club.
1: I think that while while I agree he, he's not malicious and I hesitate, you know, it's hard to call him evil because he seems like such a... Zahn does a really great head game of... Constructing this time on an imperial ship where you have to continually say to yourself, it's almost like, honestly, it's almost like watching John Smith at home in The Man in the High Castle. You see this guy in, a in uh, if anybody hasn't watched it, it's an alternative history thing based on a Philip K. Dick novel where in this alternate history, the, the Axis powers won World War II. And so coming soon to a six o'clock near you. Oh, yeah, it's I love the show so much. But one of the mind tricks that show does with you is you meet this one character where you have to continually remind yourself he's working for the bad guys. Stop giving him so many breaks.
0: Earl Gray. But I wanted to actually do some like humming and singing of my choice, if that's all right with you guys.
2: Please take it away.
0: So when I thought, what I thought of it was, I fell into a burning ring of fire and went down, down, down and the flames went higher. I just love that song. I had to sing it.
2: (laughs) To the journey.
0: You compared the mind meld to notches on a bedpost. Why can't I compare it to trench coat flashing? No,
3: I'm saying it's not like that. It shouldn't be like that. (laughs) You're the one saying it's like that. I'm not at all.
0: But if you're doing it, that's what you're doing. You're seeing how many people you can mind meld with, and that's not just on a bedpost or trench coat flashing. That's what you're trying to do.
3: It just seems like such an efficient way to get knowledge and experiences
0: from other people. You know what's more efficient? Assimilation. (laughs)
1: Yes, yes it is. So what's stopping you from going that next step?
0: Because
3: we're talking about the Kess era here. We don't have seven of nine yet, you know. Continuing mission.
1: So you were that in the helps. second episode. I was in the second episode. Which, and at that time it was no longer Star Trek Renegades, it was just Renegades? Well, when I got on the plane to go down to be on set, <laughs> it was Star Trek Renegades. When the plane landed, <laughs> CBS had released fan okay. film guidelines. Okay. And so they had already shot one day as Star Trek okay. Renegades with Nichelle Nichols and Walter Koenig, Circ uh, Lofton and Tim Russ doing some green screen work, and they had the uniforms, the ears, the badges, all that. And then they had to shut production down for a day. They tried to get a hold of lawyers talking to lawyers saying, what do we do to continue or not continue?
0: And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, get the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course, you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well.
2: If you would like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trek.fm slash contact and look in the sidebar on the show page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm, Facebook at facebook.com trekfm, and the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at trekfm and click Discussion on the menu bar.
3: Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. Speaking of Patreon, thank you, as always, to our associate producers for Standard Orbit. They are Norman C. Lau, Nick Anastasio, Tim Robertson, Richard Marquez, Corey Elrod, and Dan Rhodes. You guys, uh, your, your contributions, your help, your support mean the world to us, and we appreciate you being associate producers on Standard Orbit. So to find me on the interwebs... You can find me on the Babel Conference. I'm there all the time. Or you can find me on Twitter at BostonSCPO.
0: As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Holding On The Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of That Young Superman Show. You can find us on Twitter at Always Smallville with one S.
2: You can find me on Twitter. I am at Trekkie01D.
0: Celebrating Trek Tuesdays. That's tomorrow, everybody. Wear your trek.
2: <laughs> yes, and use the hashtag Trek Tuesday.
0: So thanks, everyone, for listening, and join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Orbit.